Cancer didn't define me, it redesigned me. This is Denise D. Simone, and you are listening to So Much More Than Cancer, a podcast presented by From Stage 4 to Center Stage. There is no doubt about it. The words, you have cancer, are devastating. I heard these words in 2005 when I was diagnosed with stage 4 throat and neck cancer and was given only three months to live. Well, that was 15 years ago, and I am still here, and I'm better than ever. My guests and I are on a mission to inspire and empower the cancer community. Cancer's a wake-up call. It's a divine invitation to dig deep into your soul. Cancer doesn't have to define you. It can redesign you as well. I want you to know, no matter where you are in your journey, you are so much more than cancer. So let's be brave, let's have some fun, and let's get after it. I'm your host, Denise D. Simone, and you are listening to So Much More Than Cancer. Welcome back to another episode of So Much More Than Cancer. I'm so happy to be with you today. I want to share with you a story about how I came to realize how critically important forgiveness was to my healing. So when I was diagnosed, I had a healing practice, part-time healing practice, offering Reiki, reflexology, sound therapy. And I had a lot of friends who were healers as well. And as I'm sure you are experiencing or have experienced, when you are diagnosed with something like cancer, Everyone wants to help, and it's important to let people help and let them in. After a certain amount of time, when I started to um, realize that I was ready to take people up on what they were offering to share with me, there was one friend named Barbara, and she very generously asked if I would like to go see this woman from Korea. Her name was Chun. And she said, I want you to go see her because she is a very gifted healer, and I believe there's something there for you to experience. So I said, okay. And she took me one day to this woman named Chun, and we walked in. She was a very slight woman, didn't really speak much English, and very loving, very open-hearted. And so we went in the back of this this um, healing establishment, and it was an empty room, and she asked me to lay down on the floor, and the floor was very interesting. It was very um, multicolored, and it was soft and squishy, and I learned later that it was made in Korea, and it had all the elements of healing properties and metals and herbs and all of that. And so I lay down, and this woman puts a, a wooden, a round wooden block under my neck to support my neck, and she sat next to me yogi style. And she started to tap on my chest and say three words, be in body, be in body. And... This went on for about 20 minutes. And that's all she said, be in body. 
She was wanting me to go deep inside my body. And then she had me sit up and we did some other stretches and movement of my head and my spine. Very subtle. All very, very, very subtle. And after about an hour, we got up and walked out front and my friend who took me to this place insisted that she pay because it was quite costly and I wasn't working and she paid the woman $300, and I was flabbergasted. I thought, oh, my goodness, that's like, I, I don't need to come back here again. So I go home, and within an hour, maybe two hours, I am on the floor in a ball, in the fetal position, sobbing, crying from the depths of my cells, from I don't even know how many lifetimes ago I was crying about. I don't even know what I was crying about. I just knew that something had shifted in me. Something had affected me so deeply that I really didn't have a choice to emote or not emote. It was just this involuntary experience. I woke up the next day, and I felt amazing. So I call my friend. I say, hey, I'd like to go back and see that woman again. Okay. Sounds good. So a few days later, she comes to get me. We go off, same thing, in the back. And I'm thinking, oh, this will be good, be something different. Lay down, wooden roll under the neck. Chun sits next to me on the floor and starts tapping on my chest and says, be in body. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? <sighs> I thought it would be something different. Nope, same thing. So she's tapping away, tapping away, and then she says, the sun is your master. I'm thinking, yeah, that's true. The sun is our master because without the sun, without sunlight, we are not living. Nothing can live. So I, I get that. So she stops tapping, and she looks at me, and she asks me these questions. And during the question asking, she's not tapping. And then while I'm answering, she's tapping. So the questions she asks me, she says, um, do you have any siblings? Yes, I have two brothers, and I have two sisters. They're much older. I'm the youngest of five, and I came many years after they were all born. Are your parents alive? No, my parents are dead. Both parents died many years ago. What was your mother like? My mother was delightful. She was feisty Italian. She was a good cook. She was loving. She was tough at times, but she was delightful most of the time. Like anybody with their mother, you know, there's always the delightful and the not so delightful, but in all in all, my mother was an amazing, very, very funny woman. So she asked me about my dad. And my dad and I, just for backstory, my dad and I, I love my dad, and I was the youngest of five. My father and mother were in their mid-40s when they had me, and they didn't quite know what to do with me. I came out asking why. Why this? Why that? Why, 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 why? And it drove my father up a wall. And my dad was very old-school Italian, and I was a pretty independent, progressive kid from 
from very a very young age. And as I grew into my teen years, <laughs> you can only imagine what this poor guy had to deal with. We'll leave that for another episode. In any event, she starts asking me about my dad. So I say, well, my dad, oh, was he a good guy? I said, he was a good, he was a good guy, but he wasn't a good guy. He was both. And uh, dad not a good guy? I said, no. So I go on this rant. Now, this poor woman barely speaks English. Now, I'm ranting. She doesn't know what I'm saying. She just knows, and she's all about energy, the energy that I have attached to this situation. And so she stops tapping, and she says, are you doing the best you can do? And I said, I'm absolutely doing the best I can do. And she stopped tapping, and she leaned over, almost on top of me. She put her left hand down on my right side. She put her right hand down on my left side by my shoulders. And this woman's about an inch and a half from my face. And she looks into my big brown eyes, and she says to me, well, then why didn't you think your father did the best he could do? And, oh, my gosh. In that moment, that was the most pivotal moment in my healing process. In that moment, something shifted in me, and I burst into tears. And I realized that not forgiving my dad was holding me hostage. You know, when you don't forgive somebody, it is so damaging to us. It's like... It, it's like nothing more damaging can be done to us than to be unforgiving to somebody because most of the time, everybody's doing the best they can do. My dad did the best he could do. Your father's doing the best he can do. Your mother's doing the best or did the best wherever you fall in the line of having parents alive or past. People in your life are doing the best they can do. And more importantly, my friends, you are doing the best you can do. I had to realize that. I had to forgive myself for not being loving and kind to myself and doing all kinds of damage with holding myself hostage and then my dad. And I will tell you, that was the beginning of knowing that forgiveness was what would help me build the foundation of what was to come with the process I needed to step into, to truly heal. And from that moment on, I did the work. You got to do the work. You got to get in there. You got to look at, you got to realize, you have to admit, you have to be honest. That's the key. You have to be honest with where you have been holding back. Where have you been holding grudges? Because all that stuff is in us. All that stuff is in the way of more light coming in. Remember what Pin said? The more light you can hold, the less room for me. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Now, I don't have all the time on this episode to get so deep into it, but I will, I will encourage you to look at where you're holding. Look at where you are being judgmental instead of curious. Where are you not forgiving? Is there someone you need to forgive? Start with yourself. Forgive that person. 
I'm not saying you have to forget if something was very painful. We don't have to forget, but by gosh, we have to forgive for us, for us. It's like unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. It's a poisonous, poisonous energy. So I just want to encourage you, love yourself enough to work on forgiveness. It is the foundation. It truly is the foundation to building your new home of healing. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being with me. I will be back next week. I hope you will join me. Until then, know you are loved and keep a good thought. Thanks for listening to this episode of So Much More Than Cancer. Please visit www.somuchmorethancancer.com to download your free inspirational and thought-provoking gifts. While there, you can also find more information on Denise and her other offerings. Look for Denise on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you'd like, you can pick up a copy of Denise's book, From Stage 4 to Center Stage, at the Books and Pages tab on her website. Please remember to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Until next time, stay well.